Hi guys and welcome back to our podcast Wait Let Me Call My Sister. Today I'm joined by a dear friend of mine who we've literally only met in January this year. It's now March for anyone who's listening in the future. But you know when you just click with someone from day one, we're actually on a coaching program together, the Spiritual Success Society, and I have been so excited to have you on as a guest on our podcast for you to share your amazing, inspiring story. So Natasha is a cacaoista, certified cacaoista, mindset mentor, mother to the beautiful Anais. And yeah, I'm so excited to have you on. Hi. Hey. Oh, I'm so excited to be on as well. Like I've been really looking forward to it. And um, yeah, like you said, we just clicked, didn't we? So you know a lot about me. You know yeah. my background and my story and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see yeah let's go with it today I know how deep we get like me and Natasha literally voice note voice note voice note most days and it goes from zero to 100 every (laughs) single day like anyone who's been on a coaching program you will know how close you get with the other women who are on the programs like I have some of my best best friends and I've literally met them twice like me and Natasha have not met in real life but I can't I find that hard to believe I literally feel like I've known you for years <laughs> so so excited to have you on as I know your story is going to be so inspiring for so many of our listeners who are moms but also you know want to be entrepreneurs maybe in the corporate world or being through some traumas because everything that we've shared together I know like your story is definitely not something we can cram into one episode so this might be multiple (laughs) but yeah before we talk about like you know your certifications and how you become a cacaoista why don't you share right from the beginning like who you are and you know what you what you been up to before you got to this point okay so if you want to take it back to the beginning like you said we definitely can't talk about everything in like one episode yeah to keep these under an hour because then they just become you know like almost like feature length films don't they so <laughs> but I think you know from my voice notes you know I struggle to do a voice note under like five to ten minutes anyway <laughs> but yeah so whew, Natasha where did I start so basically like my I think it's important to start at the beginning because actually the work that I do with people and why I'm so passionate about helping women and helping women to feel empowered and especially mums and stuff like that does you know go back to like my own childhood I didn't you know I didn't have a great start at all like in life um you know I wasn't really raised by you know an empowered mother and I Mm -hmm. think that's kind of like really trickled in to everything that I do with with an A you know and the way I'm I'm parent and everything myself now so yeah the first 18 years of my life were you know I was raised in like domestic violence like witnessing domestic violence having violence you know perpetrated against me um and I think yeah it's interesting because actually the start of my entrepreneurial journey was actually as a personal trainer and it's only when you start to like really do the inner work and like delve into like how you've got to this point and like look at certain patterns and things that have triggered you know like your journey the one thing I was really good at when I was a kid was sport like I was really athletic like really sporty I was on the netball team I was like always the fastest sprinter 
I basically won every race, you know, that I, I won. I was always at the last leg in the relay because it didn't matter where we were, you know, where we were. It's like the minute Natasha got the baton, I was just, I was just yeah. quick. So actually it kind of makes sense to me that when I then started my own business, mm. it was probably always going to be something that probably one of the only things I was ever praised for as a child. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean it's absolutely fine it's absolutely fine yeah. Um, so yeah but so between kind of you know leaving that situation at like 18 and starting my entrepreneurial journey which I think I was like 29 so I'm mm-hmm. like 38 now but it's kind of been as with a lot of entrepreneurs it's been like on and off like I've been employed and then I've been self-employed and then I've had to you know like take a bit of employment and I think that's yeah. really important to point out actually um, yeah. I think it's something that's not really spoken about enough, you know, like on social media and, and and by people is, you know, like you start start a business or you go self-employed. And, you know, there have been a number of stints where I've had to go back into employment. Like it hasn't been smooth sailing. Yeah. You know, finances haven't necessarily been coming in or, mm. you know, like we, we've spoken a lot about, like just regulating your nervous system and things like that to actually receive money you know and sometimes the money coming in when you're in a place of safety because your basic needs are met by the job you know and then you can actually create and bring your offerings to life and to the world and show up from a place of yeah ready feeling abundant safe and it's cool as opposed to from a I need to make this sale, you know, I need this many people to like click on this link or, you know, it's just a totally different energy that you show up in. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And like, you know, you will know, I recently took on like a corporate client where it's like contracted a certain amount of hours a week, but a lot of flexibility. And I was even saying to you, I feel like I'm just a lot, not got like me, me claws into like, you know, happen and to do things and call in like clients for the not the wrong reasons but exactly like you said like the energy is just different knowing like okay I've got that like I know on this day that I will get that income and then everything else can just flow to me where before it can be quite from a place of like not desperation but that is kind of what the energy you know it is isn't it and then, mm, exactly. you know the fact of the matter is like we've all got to eat like there's no point in avoiding like the money conversations you know at the yeah. end of the day, so no yeah. definitely so that's so interesting and like I know so many will adore to hear you know that like I think by the time we're getting to the age of 30, which you said you got into being an entrepreneur at 29, like I would say probably around 50% of the women that I speak to feel like that's too late. And I honestly feel like I started younger, but then like actually done it in a, you know, in a more empowered and like intentional way once I was 30. And I think like, if anything, that is, a, there's no right or wrong time, of course, and things could have gone different, but it's so not too late, is it, to start once you've had a baby, you know, if you've already had a failed business, like, like my business didn't fail, but like the relationships and things break down, you know, within that. And it's like, it's never too late to start. And I know that you did have like other jobs and things before you was living in, but well, we actually realized we were both probably living in Manchester at the same time. We <laughs> probably hitting, hitting at Manchester City. <laughs> yeah. And it, so 
let's so yeah just my point on that is like you know it's not too late to start your business at 29 it's not too late to start your business at 39 49 59 like if my mom who is literally god i think she's 67 wanted to start a business now like it's never too late is it yeah like do you know what my mum's like 55 and it's like the way she talks sometimes is as though like life has passed her by like she's totally past it you know like this is just like life now and like I want to point out like I'm 38 you know I'm 40 next year I'm like 40 and it's only now like with all the trials and tribulations that have come on this entrepreneurial journey where Mm -hmm. I'm actually starting to feel like oh my goodness like I feel like my mission is solidified and I know the path and I know where I'm going yeah I remember applying for like corporate jobs and stuff like back in the day and they always ask that you know like where do you see yourself in three years or five years or whatever and you always give can we swear on this podcast yeah (laughs) (laughs) don't even know why I'm asking permission like you always (laughs) give like that bullshit answer of like oh yeah time you know I'd love to be like sat in your seat or like do you know what I mean like climb the ladder of the company and it's like really is this what you dreamed of as a girl like is this what you dreamed of like no or are you just doing it because you want to climb that ladder because it equals more money do you know what I mean yeah is that what you you really want or more like status or title or whatever you feel that with you I was just about to say, it's not even always about the money, is it? Like you just said, it's about the title and things like that. And it's like, I just, I was in that place, you know, where it's like, oh, but, you know, the title or like the the business and it's like, your happiness is what is most important. And it's just so, um, it's so, like you, you just hit the nail on the head. Like, is this exactly what it is that you wanted when you was a little girl or not? And don't get me wrong, that is some people's dream, you know, too climb that corporate ladder for sure but it's about knowing if it is your dream it definitely wasn't mine was it yours (laughs) no do you know what's really interesting just this morning like me and Anae like she's going to be 10 in a couple of weeks like 10 going on 28 (laughs) but she always asked me like really deep questions and stuff so literally just this morning she said mummy when you were younger like what were your top three like things that you wanted to be and I was like, I wanted to be a sprinter. I wanted to be an athlete. Like that was my number one. But then I started getting health problems and stuff when I was like 14, 15, like problems with my joints, irritable bowel syndrome. Like they didn't know what was wrong with me. Actually, if anybody had really delved into it, probably what was wrong with me is like her home life. It's <laughs> oh. like absolutely like not conducive to raising like a healthy, well-balanced, like rounded child. But nobody really like delved into that. It was like, I just had all these chronic issues you know like with my gut and stuff and obviously we know how important our gut is obviously I wasn't nurtured you know like in the right way yeah Yeah. Yeah, it was like a sprinter or a journalist or a lawyer and actually I remember doing my work experience at 16 at the Peterborough Evening Telegraph like as a kind of like journalist trainee and it's funny actually because Anae's dad is a journalist but really what I wanted to do you know like you're you're sat at school and it's like all these careers and like the, nobody actually tells you do you know what you can just make money from your passion like mm. what lights you up like what makes you happy and I always say this you know people say like oh what do you do for a living or like where do you live or like they ask these questions but whoever asks you like are you happy like yeah. do you enjoy it and I actually exhibited my so my new business Lotus and Lion I actually exhibited at my first like business expo um mm. about two three weeks ago and it was like, 
it was like a bit of a networking event as well. So obviously there's like 150, you know, like stands there, different businesses, people are coming around and they're there with their flyers and they're talking about like what they do. Mm. And I'm like, okay, like just listening, listening. And then I, you know, like every person that came along, I was like, oh, do you enjoy it? Do you enjoy what you do? And not one single person without some kind of like dramatic pause or almost like a, oh yeah nobody's ever asked me that or like oh my goodness I don't know Mm. one single person went oh my god like I literally love it like yeah like most people then did say like yeah 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 well of course you're going to say that because you're walking around representing the company yeah you know I'm an energy healer even just this morning in my yoga class I could just picked up just like the subtlety that the teacher was feeling like depleted you know so I went to her afterwards I said oh you know it was a great class and everything but how are you finished like yeah yeah good but are you sure I said you seem a little bit and she was like yeah I am actually really tired you know I'm thinking when yeah when can I get a break I work a seven day week and it's like just those little subtleties that people they're not even aware of because they don't really stop to check in with Mm. do I enjoy what I'm doing like how much of the hours of my day that I'm giving away Am I actually having like fun or play or joy, you know, or feeling like peaceful? Mm. For me, that is like, that is my passion. Mm. Just helping women to experience more of those, you know, those things. Yeah. Trying to be the example that you can, not necessarily like you can have it all. I don't even like that because I feel like that terminology puts so much pressure on women like you can have it all like you can Mm -hmm. mum and have the career and look a certain way and all of that but Mm -hmm. you don't have to sacrifice those things like just Mm -hmm. in the way of like money or status or whatever anybody else like and why do you think like you know literally what about 80 percent of the population do do that because that was me for so long too like I thought everything else was the problem, but not the place I was spending like 60 hours in a week. (laughs) That was literally like burning me out and, you know, like wasn't enjoying like any like of the company or, you know, even just like, like I was so on autopilot, like drinking like loads of cups of black coffee from like, you know, like a machine and it actually tasted so, so horrible. But it was like, everyone would be like, oh, let's go up to the coffee machine. I'm like, at this company, at this company, you would get, um, at this company, I saw it first, you would get um, lunch, like every single day. But not like, you don't choose it. Like, you know, obviously they choose it. And it was like a big buffet. Some days it was literally like Rosso, which is a gorgeous restaurant in Manchester. Yeah, but some days it was like, you know, an Indian. and like. I would just go up and get in this queue knowing like I've got loads of allergies and intolerances. I was like, I can't even explain how on autopilot I was. Like, it's actually when I look back, like what the actual foot, like I actually needed like shaking, like slapping, throwing in an ice bath. And if lockdown hadn't happened, I don't even know, like if anything was a change, you know, it was only coming out of that and being like, oh, I don't feel as bloated every day. And oh, like, I don't feel as like, anxious and you know like all of these things and then me away self-awareness grew and it was like oh maybe it's that you know but we can't like how anyone who's listening to this you know and that's little trivial things about the coffee and the lunch like even just like the walk to work like the getting ready for it the daily the daily life and then like 
drowning. I say drowning me sorrys, but I actually thought I was living my best life. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'd go out, probably go to Rosso, <laughs> go be hungover and then do it again the next week and literally be like, oh yeah, I'm so hungover. Oh yeah, look at these pictures or whatever. And then just do it again. Like it was just so... And like, I don't know, like if the, like I just said, like if the pandemic happened, if I'd even still be there, probably. Because I was saying to my boyfriend, like, you need to move up here. Like my job's more important. All this stuff. And now I was actually like, um, no. And like, how can we, how can we help people like not have the gift of a pandemic to realize this stuff? I think it is from listening to things like this, though, I suppose. Yeah, do you know what? I'm just laughing because like, oh, I was exactly the same. Like used to go out. Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday, like be like an all day session. I think nothing of like drinking three bottles of wine. Now, like I don't even really drink. And I think we said this the other day, like if the occasion is right and I'm feeling the vibe, I might have a cocktail or two. Yeah. You know, like my brother like did his first boxing match like the other day and I had like just a little rosé spritzer because I felt like it. And I can go months without having anything at all. I was like, oh yeah, Yeah. like a little wine spritzer felt a bit tipsy and I was like how on earth did I drink three bottles of wine on a Thursday rolling at four or five in the morning be up for work at seven go out and do it all again and then Saturday would just be about like going out getting a new outfit getting my head like getting ready rolling again and then just getting up hair of the dog on a Sunday I know it's it's actually crazy and the day after I found the day I found out I was pregnant with an A day before I'd been on a Sunday I didn't even know I was pregnant I'd been drinking all day on the Sunday on the whiskey gingers I mean (laughs) (laughs) from my hardcore like whiskey gingers then I find out like oh what the hell oh my god is this when you were were living in Manchester or was this when you was in like you said I thought I was like living my best life and I look back now and I just think god I either flitted between like just drinking Mm. feeling like what is my life yeah not not even almost spending enough time like sober or not distracted to actually give any real thought to this bit of me that was like my god there's got to be more to life than this but me and my friend who I live with at the time like Sarah would be walking (laughs) we'd be walking to work and it was like a 10 minute walk and I mean this probably sounds like so deep but I'm sure a lot of people have had a similar thought would be walking along and it's like oh do you know what like so desperately like don't want to go in and just have some actual time it's like wonder if I just you know stepped out in front of a slow moving car you know like yeah yeah die, but it's like you know broken leg or something yeah how bad is that like, would love to just be like bedridden or hospitalized <laughs> for a bit to have a bit of a break from life no I've had them feelings I've had them thoughts I mean, I've had, I've had a lot of intrusive, I mean, I wouldn't even call that necessarily like an intrusive thought. I've had like way deeper intrusive thoughts than that. But just coming back yeah. to in that corporate world, like that hamster wheel. And mm-hmm. actually, I think what triggered the change for me is we started going to this, this yoga class um, with this lady called Nikki. She's got, um, I think it's called like the Victoria Warehouse. It's like a hotel, like literally dead opposite Old Trafford's ground. Mm-hmm. And um, we started going to her yoga class. And she, what I recognize now, I mean, I didn't know at the time, I was probably like 25 and we were just like, oh, whenever we come out of that yoga class and like Nikki's energy, you just feel, well, we didn't know what we felt, but what I now know I was experiencing was like just an embodied human. 
yeah she floated into that yoga classroom and it was like did her feet even touch the ground because she was so in Mm. her truth and just embodied it was like beautiful and actually like my whole journey really into like entrepreneurship in this world started because I had a Reiki session with her and Mm. up until that point I had been very because of my childhood and the way that I you know like grew up I was very hard. I was very in my masculine. Everything I did, I was going to be the best at. I never gave myself a break. I was like brutal, like literally brutal to myself. Mm. So even like going to yoga felt like almost like, oh, who even does yoga? Like if it's if it's not like lifting big weights in the gym or been able to do like more pull-ups than a man. I mean, I used to go on like nights out and do like press up competitions with men outside kebab shops for like free food. I mean, <laughs> I was like, I don't know if it's like a saying up north, but I was like a yeah. geezer bird, like a geezer bird. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, mm. I mean, I'm not even going to judge myself because I did have some great times. Yeah. I went and um, had this Reiki session with Nikki and like she barely even, she didn't even really touch me. And then like afterwards, she just started explaining what she felt. And it was almost like the floodgates of like 25, 26 years of being an ice queen. And my heart just being so locked off. Wow. I don't know what happened. I've got goosebumps. But honestly, I felt, I felt sorry for her because I was, a, I mean, I was a wreck. You know, mm. when you're just sobbing, I couldn't start. I was just like a snotty mess. And yeah, just have this massive, massive, massive like release. Mm. And then that like then over the next few days, it just really like piqued my interest. Like, what the hell is this Reiki thing? Like, what is this voodoo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to find out more about it. And then really, really long story short, she actually put me in touch with her Reiki master in India. And then about a year or so later, so probably about two years before my daughter was born, I ended up going over to India and like into like the tea mountains of Munna and like doing my Reiki one and I'll just never forget like walking down out of those mountains like almost like I was Jesus Christ like (laughs) I am here to like heal the world (laughs) and then like my journey is just really gone you know like gone yeah Yeah. wow I didn't know you got to India that's incredible what a like unreal story and you know what there's always some sort of like catalyst or just like like you said like did her feet even touch the ground and like one thing I was thinking is for anyone who's listening to this you can also be triggered by people like that can't you but that is just shows see where you were like oh my god like you know so you like I don't know if you was triggered but you know what I mean like we can be like she's amazing like I want what she's got she's literally high on life like gimme 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 or you can literally be triggered can't you but both of them are the same come from the same place yeah and it's whether you you've got that awareness or even that desire actually to well a acknowledge that it's a trigger Mm. and b if you can acknowledge that it's a trigger you've then got the option to kind of look into well well, why why yeah I've got an earlier episode which is honestly one of the episodes that I still get messages about every weekend I talk about shadow work and people are like what is this like and I think it's so mainstream and you know, Medicare and Bali and, but it's not here. Like everyone here is like, good, bad, positive vibes only. And it's like, no, like you need to do the shadow work in order to be able to, you know, actually heal. And and for anyone who's listening, that is essentially what shadow work is. Like if you are 
if you are triggered by me, you're triggered by Natasha, or you go to a yoga session and you're literally like, this woman is woo-woo and a fruit loop or whatever, like that's coming from a place of either desire or, you know, like envy or, you know, somewhere deep rooted in you, you want something what that woman has got or has or embodies or or is. And it, that might be a hard pill for anyone to swallow, but literally being like, you must, I don't want to be like it. No, like you do want something. <laughs> in one of like you know my feature length voice notes I think I did say to you didn't I because we joined the spiritual success site I think we were both in it last year yeah you really started joining the pools didn't you in January yeah and I did say to you like when I saw that you were in there like I'm happy to be like oh my goodness not necessarily that you you triggered me but there was definitely yeah. I people think when they see like coaches or mentors or people like in this space that like we've done all of the work and I never want to be that person that shows up like I've done all of the work like it doesn't matter there's always work to do and yeah. even with you I was like oh because you know we both do cacao and then like I had a look at your profile I was like oh, she's got more followers than me like she's yeah. stuck, like, all of this stuff but oh. because I've done so much work now I'm like okay like it is it's like what has she got that you want like yeah. what is the what is the comparison piece and then it's like yeah. literally have a word like have a word with yourself yeah well we create these big narratives don't we like <laughs> she's she's probably a bitch she's going to come into spiritual success society and be a not like and piss us all off and you know and I also like, know that I've been that trigger for people as well like I've oh yeah like yeah, yeah. especially like when I was a personal trainer and stuff you know like I've had people come to me and say like, oh, you know, because of the way you train, like that person said, oh, she's got an amazing body, but I would never want to be like her. Um, you, you couldn't be like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, but yeah. Them, well, why? Why wouldn't you want to be like me? I mean, nobody should want to be like anybody else anyway. Like we're all unique. Nobody's actually yeah. giving you that. But the fact you felt the need to actually like, have a little sly word with someone else yeah, turn it in or even the fact that 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 thoughts come to your mind shows that you do want to be like it to some extent like <laughs> oh yeah nice body but this it's like oh my god your sister wounds are so deep like I imagine like now the position we're in if somebody said something I would just reply like your sister wounds are so deep you know like you actually at the same time though you can't coach people when they have an aspirate so who knows what I'd reply but back to your point yeah like we literally just create like these narratives in our head of like what other people are or how they are or and we don't know like we literally do not have a clue what people have been through how they got to this point and I'm so trusting of our journey with spiritual success society because yeah I was in it last year and I think we went to like one call but now obviously it's turned into the membership where now, you know, it's, what's the word? Like it's reoccurring, you know, it's not an ending program, is it? But we're also in it as if we're literally in a program, aren't we? I love it. I love being in that space though. No, it's incredible. Like, like, like you said, you know, like nobody knows anybody's story, yeah. you know, and I've been subjected to it so many times, especially when I was like doing the bodybuilding and doing the fitness. And obviously it's a very, people only see like the aesthetics don't they yeah. and, you know, I've even had clients and people say to me oh it's all right for you like well why do you think it's all right for me oh because you're slim it's all right for you because you're pretty oh it's all right for you because you've got kids you know like whatever it is that that person feels that they want that you've got and it's like you've got no idea you know like of the depths of hell 
I've mm. had to drag myself through to even actually want to be alive and contribute into society. But if all you can see is it's all right for you because you're slim, like, yeah, like what? Yeah, that tells me also that like, and, you know, I can't obviously speak for literally the whole population, of course, but like people who do have these like opinions that are so surface level is or is predominantly when they haven't been through things like you and I have been through. Mm. you know and, and and you like considerably more than even I are you know and it's like because I would never dream of even saying that yeah because it's like we do know like where you can get to and things like that mm. but even just for our listeners and you know obviously I know so much of your story but before Renee was born before you went to India like he was obviously at the law firm and and, and working in Manchester wasn't you and then what was the sort of transition then from was it just like you know I don't want to be in corporate and be in this like you know alcohol like socializing life what was the maybe the the turning point or like what was it that you would say made you decide you know to to go and be your true self and and follow this journey of you know becoming a Reiki master and a certified kakoisa which I am going to ask you in a minute what that is <laughs> so yeah we'll, we'll talk about like the turning point so the turning point really was becoming a mum you know actually when I was pregnant that was I was so sick when I was pregnant like I had hyperemesis I lost loads of weight I was being like sick up to like 40 times a day like that first month or two for anybody that has been through it just being on the bathroom floor was horrific because you've got nothing but your own you know thoughts anyway mm. and then like as the pregnancy progressed I mean the sickness never left you know people would go oh when you get to three months what you'll be fine I mean I, I wasn't fine like no part of the pregnancy was fine but on the the weird part to that was I'd never felt like I had everything I needed within me more than when I was pregnant it mm. was such a strange thing like I'd just be in the bath like with my bump and it was the first time in my life I didn't feel like I needed anything external. I didn't need validation from anybody about anything. Do you know what I mean? Like at all. So I feel like like my pregnancy was quite spiritual, even though I didn't I wouldn't have called myself spiritual at the time. I feel like yeah. that was a big turning point. But then also like when I so then when I had her. Yeah. I ended up getting sepsis I went into hospital for like nearly two weeks I have to well her birth ended in emergency cesarean which is like just a story in and of itself anyway so like that was like pretty traumatic wow. and then yeah I think she was like six or seven days like, yeah she was like a week old and I ended up going back into hospital they didn't know what was wrong with me I was in for like two weeks I had to have more surgery I had like hematoma like blood clots like in my u- like uterus I had sepsis I was like literally just wow hooked up like they had a line like sewn into my vein because they were taking blood off like that much and like there was just no veins like I was I mean like fully fucked and I'll never forget the day like so bless her dad you know like he's a new dad like bringing her into hospital every day because she was only able to stay with me because they like to keep mum and baby like together so she was actually admitted with me and then within 48 hours I was like just in a critical care like side unit and I was just too sick to even like pick my own child up. So like that was heartbreaking enough that like she's yeah. home with like dad, but he oh. was like bringing her in from like nine till nine, like every day. And they couldn't really work out like was what was wrong with me because they were pumping me like full of stuff. And then 
like it's hilarious because her dad always says the thing is like you didn't help yourself because like in your lucid like well moments you're like where's my eyebrow pencil (laughs) 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 my eyebrows on I'm blood sugar on, and then the doctors are coming in, like looking at my stats, going like, "She's dead sick, but she looks all right." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then anyway, like yeah, he'd been at the hospital like all day, and he'd just literally left to go home. And then about half an hour later, they came in. They said, "We're going to operate on your first thing. Do you want to call dad and baby back?" And I was like, "I mean, I knew I was sick, and I was like, like how sick am I? You know, like they're giving you all the paperwork and everything like that to like." Yeah. Sign. Mm. and it's just like I was so sick and my body was so weak and obviously I had sepsis and I had all this other stuff going on they didn't really know what they were going to like cut me open and and find yeah do you want to do you want to call them back and I was like oh my god like what you think I'm like actually going to die or something and they were just like well well there's a risk you know like with any general anesthetic and obviously like your body's like very weak and I was like oh my god so like I just remember calling her dad being like can you come back you know thinking is this like the last time I'm going to hold my child? And I mean, that oh. is, it, it's still like, it still does make me emotional because I remember like mm-hmm. coming back and like me just looking at her thinking, if something was to happen to me, like you would never have known me. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. have memory. And I think that was definitely like a big turning point. So on the other side of that, when I came out, like I knew that I didn't really want to go back into the corporate space, but I didn't know how I was going to not go back into the corporate space. Um, and I can't really talk too much about what happened like with the company, but because there's like some legalities and like things like that. But as you know, like the universe would have it, the universe didn't want me to go back either. So, you know, I just played some trump cards that I had, you know? Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so I didn't have to go back. So then I started thinking about, well, what is it that I love? Like, what am I passionate about? And it was always, always going to come back to like sports and fitness so mm. even when I was in corporate I would go like see my personal trainer like two three times a week I loved like lifting weights I loved feeling like strong and I felt like the more weights I was lifting like the more that that carried you know like out into my personal life yeah so that physical strength and starting to see myself do things in the gym that I never thought I could do like a pull-up or 10 mm. pull-ups when you see yourself start to do things like that in the gym you then start to like just walk out of the gym like feeling away do you know what I mean like feeling away about yourself like well if I can do that in there and I never thought I was capable what else can I achieve like what else am I capable of and for me that physical strength carried into like a mental strength so mm-hmm. when she was about six I think probably about six months old that's when I was like oh do you know what I'm going to set up my own personal training business so I was like had a six month old and then I was like just studied over six months and like got my qualification and then it kind of just like went from, yeah, like went from there, really. No way. I mean, I'm, I've heard this story before, obviously, on Voice Nights, but sitting here and I'm just like, whatness, whatness, witnessing you share that, like the amount of, I was getting emotional. I, I, I literally felt myself just like having to take a deep breath because I can't even imagine how you must have felt looking at an A being like, you will never have a memory. You know, if this. Yeah. It, oh, that is just so yeah so deep it's so deep it's like so you know so sad and I think Mm -hmm. like I know we're trying to keep it under an hour but I think that's another thing that doesn't get spoken about enough is like Mm -hmm. all of the things that I had to then deal with as a result of that so like I've been separated from my child for basically two weeks you know I've not had the birth experience I mean that is 
I've done all my hypnobirthing. I'm going to breathe my baby out. My lotus flower is going to open. Like, <laughs> you know, like don't ask. I, I wrote out like this 15 point birth plan that I'd just like done multiple copies of. Went into hospital. I mean, the midwives must have just looked at him for like another one who's gone through that hypnobirthing and just binned it. And actually out of the 15 things on that list, the only thing I've got was dad to tell me whether it's a boy or girl, like dad to tell me the sex of the baby. That was it. Every single other thing, <laughs> because it just went so like horrifically wrong. Like I was in the birthing pool and then my cervix started to swell up, like all this mad stuff. So ended in an emergency cesarean, which like I then went into shock. So when they were trying to put her on me, I was like just shaking. I couldn't even like hold her. That, that I would have had to process anyway. Then followed by, you basically had two weeks away from your baby. And then mm. followed by, I couldn't breast, so I breastfed her for the first week. Um, and then when I went into hospital, I was like, I still, you know, want my baby to have my milk. Like all this pressure we like put on ourselves. I was like hooked up to a double pump whilst like with a catheter in stuff like it, it was just and then I just remember one day like this midwife came to me and she was so lovely bless her and she was like Natasha like I can give you like a tablet and it will literally just dry your milk up and I was like I've not been able you know like so emotional like I've not been able yeah. to do anything like I'm not even like there with her like I couldn't push her out like my body's failed like I failed as a woman at least let me like give her my milk and it was like my nipples were cracked and bleeding I was just Aww. a mess and then she was like the thing is like what Anae really just needs is like her mummy to be well and I was like just <laughs> give me the tablet yeah give me the tablet dried the milk up and I'll, I'll never forget when I when I came out of hospital then a few weeks later this might might sound like really strange but I'm sure other women have like been in a similar position and mm. I was like I know they've given me this tablet but like maybe just maybe like if I if I put it to the breast like something might you know something might come back <laughs> I don't know and then like I did. And then she was like, obviously just used to the bottle by then and like turning her nose up. And then like oh. that was another trauma, like, oh my God. And oh. yeah, it was, it was a oh lot. God. And what age was all of this? So you went to India, was it after a name was born or before? So I went to just India like... when I was about, I think about 26. And then I got pregnant at 28. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm 38 now and an age 10 in like two weeks. Yeah. I was like 29 when I had her honestly like incredible incredible story and I you know I don't want to also miss and like you you know to share what it is that you're up to now as well so I can't even you know fathom how all of that must have felt and got you to this point but for anyone who's listening I, you know I know that you will feel inspired and literally jaw drop of how, you know, now you are following your true, you know, passion and purpose. You and Anae have what I've witnessed, you know, the most beautiful relationship. And it's it's like, but I don't want to say like the end of, you know, but where it all like, you know, when it comes to the point where you're like, it all worked out, you know, like, and it is working out like for you, you know, I know like what's going on for you and you're making big moves in the industry and things like that. So maybe we can, um, you know, fast forward to now. So mm -hmm. like, obviously, Anae is, is born and um, even just from what you were saying then, like your milk dried up and things, but surely you must have also been healing. Like you've been through so much and then 
healing actually your body but healing all the things that you've been through mm. and then how's it how have we got from them being like bodybuilder pt <clears throat> to now you know being a certified cacaoista mindset mentor and all the other things do you know what i feel like it's just following i've just followed like the little breadcrumb trail yeah. So like, you know, like things drop in and it, it's like, oh, OK, like, yeah, well, that feels good. Or maybe I'll explore that. So like when I was PT and a lot of women were talking about, uh, you know, like having injuries or like, oh, I've always got tension and I'm like never relaxed and like asking for, oh, do you know anybody who does massage? So I was like, oh, the next step, I then do sports massage. So I then went and like went to college and qualified in that. I'd already done my Reiki one. So in between that, I then did my Reiki two. And then I was like, oh. I'm feeling called back to Reiki. So I went and became a Reiki master. So then I felt like I had like what I was offering that was different to people in my area, rather than it just being like PT, it was like, well, I've got the full mind, body, soul package, you know, like, yeah, I can PT you, but I can also on a, you know, physiological level, like help you with your stress and your tension and body work and your injuries. But then on that soul spiritual level, I can also energy heal you as well. So to me, you know, like when I look back, I was already like, just, I feel like just on a bit of a unique, you know, like I was always thinking like, I don't know, what can I do like different, not not even consciously thinking like, what can I do differently? Just following like that, that little trail. Mm. And then, um, yeah, like, so, so it's a really long, you know, really long story because alongside all of that, I dipped in and out of jobs, in and out of jobs, you know, cause it, it didn't sit well with me that I'd gone from having like a really good job, well-paid job. And I felt like, you know, oh my God, like I'm now like a single mum, like gone back to my mum's, like having to claim like benefits and stuff. So I was always trying to grow myself like personally whilst following the trail, but also not wanting to be like, cause I was like raised on benefits. Do you know what I mean? I was like, oh God, like, I'm literally like just just falling back into where I came from whereas now I see like money and things like totally different like at the end of the day it's just energetic support do you know what I mean and there's absolutely nothing wrong with like with taking yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah like over the years I've just done loads of different like qualifications and things but the one of the biggest turning points for me in the last five years was like finding cacao so like plant medicines has been like a big part of the journey for me like over the last like five years I didn't have a clue what it was I was just like really stressed out running my own business single parent in being brutal to myself still bodybuilding even though I wasn't competing I was still living the chicken and rice and broccoli life you know getting my like 10 to 20,000 steps in a day like doing all the things like for, for what like because like that's just what I told myself like I wanted to be the best at everything yeah and then I went to my friends one day and she was like oh, you got a cup of cacao and um, I was just like, yeah, I didn't know what it was. And I just remember like the first time I tasted it because she had just made the cacao with water. And obviously cacao is like 100% pure, you know, like as unprocessed as you're ever going to get it, chocolate, right? So for anybody that's eating like really dark chocolate, to me, I was like, tasted like I was sipping like mud. It tasted like so earthy and so soily, but in a weird Moorish way. So Mm. I got the whole cup, off I trotted to the gym, just had this amazing session and like by the end of the day I was like god considering that I've got like so stressed out like I feel bloody like amazing like just felt like really exuberant like really radiant but I didn't know why and then a few months later I went to like a vegan market and somebody was there and I was like oh 
it's that cacao stuff again got myself yeah. bars you know like went home had them felt good but didn't really know why and then do you know what I think it's like the lockdowns like you said mm. were a catalyst for so many people for like so many things and I think once <laughs> once I realized I'm gonna have to pivot my whole fitness business online and my daughter was here and it's not going to be 14 days like I said yeah I, like, I need something like otherwise I don't even know what's going to happen mm. and that's when I found you know I was like let me look into this stuff again yeah, and yeah it's like it's probably like March 2020 when I started to understand that cacao was like this heart opening you know like beautiful plant medicine and then yeah like from there a, a lot a lot changed so then the following year so like with most people my business went online you know gyms reopened so I was still trying to do stuff online stuff in the gym be a mum look after myself like do all of the things and then in 2021 like the turning point just came like I burnt out like I literally ended up in hospital like just for the day but I was on oxygen and everybody was like oh you know is it the c word no it wasn't the c word but basically there was a period of about four weeks where I couldn't even like barely look after my own daughter like she had to go to her dad like grandparents I every you know like every physiological symptom like a human body could have mm. I had it like I had insomnia like I couldn't sleep I couldn't eat I couldn't taste I couldn't smell I couldn't barely like breathe that's why I had to go on the oxygen I couldn't I now when I look back I feel like it was almost you know like my body breaking down for it to then break through yeah and I just remember just being like laid on my sofa just with nothing but my thoughts and I was like grounded and I had to stop that was like in August 2021 and just really look at like what is your life like mm. what are you even doing because your business now feels the same as like when you were in corporate you know like you're now dreading getting up on like a Monday going oh my god like another three conversations about fucking weight loss like knowing that it's like so much deeper than that mm. because my clients were like 99% weight loss women yeah they were coming it was like they were coming really for counseling you know <laughs> share they were coming for counseling like, let's be honest you know sharing like stuff about childhood stuff about the relationships they're in stuff about like being bullied at work or like their kids having like zero respect for them like all of these other things and then I went to college and started doing like counseling and I did EFT I did and I thought you know what like I need to work with these women on a more you know like a deeper like a soul level yeah not just all about the external like what's going on inside and I could totally vouch for that I lost so much weight in my 20s and then felt worse than even before and I thought you think that's going to make you feel better or good and it just doesn't does it nothing on the external does nothing like I've got pictures from from being a bodybuilder and like if you go back through my Instagram I think I probably posted them up like probably once a year you know like I feel like I almost like pay homage to like (laughs) I have to do like that's what I looked like and when I look like that it's like that external people like oh my god like you look amazing because I was like six packed up I was like shredded to death like practically to death because I was like dying on the inside I didn't Mm. go into bodybuilding and treating my body that way because I loved myself like Mm. the things that used to get me through those brutal like workouts and stuff you know leaving my baby at six o'clock in the morning with her dad so I could quickly get a workout in before he went to work for 12 hours 
was it was like the you know like the voice of my dad like those childhood mm. things like like basically you're not worth anything or like the one time I came second you know like in a running race I just remember he was like nobody remembers who came second and then basically just ignored me for the rest of the day like that's what it was like it's like if if I wasn't winning or I wasn't being the best there was nothing from him do you know what I mean nothing and again, I look at everything I've done in my life and it all was coming back to the way I've been treated as a child. So it was mm-hmm. like when that hit in August 2021, I then came out the other side and I ran like ran a weekend retreat for like six women, you know, like three weeks later and just had to hold the space for like 72 hours. Yeah. Been offloading on me about, you know, like their childhood trauma, sexual abuse, like so many things. And I was still only at about 60% capacity myself. And then I came out the other side and it was like this, you know, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. Mm-hmm. And then it basically just hit me like in the October, like, are you going to go into your like 30, 36, I think, like your 36 year on the planet like this, or are you going to do something about it? And then basically mm-hmm. I decided to take a month off, <laughs> which pretty much turned into the whole of like 2022. I mean, I did bits. And, and this is why I think it's really important to talk about, you know, like money. Because so many yeah. people message me online, they're like, oh my God, like you're smashing it, like you're smashing life. And they think that because of the way you appear online, that the finances match. Mm-hmm. And I want to make it clear that the finances didn't match because to get to the point where now what you're seeing from me is like, oh my God, like this is amazing content or you're really inspiring, you're really motivating. 2022, I got into a lot of debt, but I don't even view the debt like a lot of people would would view it. You yeah. Know? a bad thing because actually what that gave me was the space to basically I went on like a beautiful like mushroom retreat Mm. you know experimented with I wouldn't even say experimented with explored like mushrooms yeah went deeper on my journey like with cacao um Mm. and basically spent probably the whole of like last year like (laughs) like barefoot walking in the woods I've been in nature yeah. writing poetry and you know, doing like, whatever you needed isn't it mm. nourishing my soul and like just healing myself on such a deep level and now like the peace you know like the peace and the passion and the joy like even when I'm faced it doesn't matter what I'm going through I just always feel so grateful that I'm experiencing life do you know what I mean regardless of what extreme it's at whether that's like anger and sadness and mm. or, or, or an experience yeah and it's just been able to be okay with like both mm. and be grateful that you're able to experience like the full spectrum of human emotion, like yeah. without any like judgment of yourself and still carrying that yeah. piece. Or labeling them good or bad. You know, I say this to my clients, I'm like feeling sadness is not a bad thing. And, you know, when you're at the start of your journey, I think it's so like, well, sort of must be wrong, you know, if you cry or sort of must be wrong if you feel down or like I don't mind a damn day or don't mind a damn like evening or morning anymore I just I just know what I need to do where I think before you know we would suppress it or like try and mm, be as if we're not you know having that down that damn day or feeling and then like it stays longer I think but one thing I did want to ask you what I made a note of when you was talking about the bodybuilding and things like this because I've come from like you know, really living from the external as well, like getting all kinds of like surgeries and things to look a certain way and then treatments and all that. And then 
I didn't, like I said before, I didn't feel any different. You know, if anything, I got these things done and then be like, why don't I feel good? You know, so then it would actually, you'd make, it would make me personally feel worse. Now, obviously we can't speak for the whole of the bodybuilding industry, but like in my opinion, and like when I, because I follow like a few not a few, like two girls where like, you know, I do social detoxes all the time, but I do like these, these girls and I'm not going to do any names, but like, do you think doing the sort of competitions like bodybuilding and like, you know, even like pageant things is from a place of like, I'm not good enough because I just cannot understand. And maybe you can help me why somebody does that to themselves. I mean, for me personally, in my experience, like I only did two competitions. I mean, I was in the fitness world and around the fitness world for like for years. Yeah. But I personally never, never met one single woman who was competing who didn't have a story or man, actually. Like, I mean, maybe maybe there were more men who did it from an aesthetic or, you know, felt good mm. from a healthy perspective. But even a few men that I spoke to, they got bullied at school. They were the skinny yeah. with the glasses and the girls didn't like them. They were picked on and pushed around. Most women that I spoke to came from a background of either daddy issues, mm. that box, abusive ex-narcissists ticked that box. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I got bullied at school. Like I was, you know, the fri- like the brown one with the frizzy hair and the thick thighs. And I always joke, I'm like, fuck, imagine if I went to- back to school now. Like I'm literally in fashion. Yeah. <laughs> I was like so unfashionable at school. I'm like, what yeah. is going on? Like everybody's like using a sunbed, trying to get as brown as possible. Like everybody's squatting in the gym, like their life depends on it. I know. And like, 20 years ago, I was like. Literally. I know, same. Sometimes <laughs> eat an apple a day like because you want to be like your mates and have like no hips and no bum and yeah but I just I just feel like you know and obviously it will be different and you know we can probably say a lot of them do have a story and things so then now that I kind of know that it makes me feel even more like oh you know I'm such which is something that come up on our program we're on Ashley said that I'm like a a physically like empathic person and I was totally wasn't I I was like I'm not like I'm not if anything like I'm empathic to myself but I don't really feel it to others but what I was thinking in my head is it's like if like say like my my partner's off work because he's got like a sore throat and it's a chest like now it's gone to his chest like I, and that's what was kind of coming to my head where like I'm not really an empathic when I think other people are um not really not that well I don't know like I need to definitely lean into it because it's come up so much this week where like it's Thursday and he's still off work and I'm like you've got a sore throat but anyways um but then I went to Gabby Bernstein's seminar and every person that she got on the stage I was crying my eyes out and no one else was even crying and now I've become such like this empathic person you know who I was definitely always destined to be but now it's like, I can't look at like somebody just like pageants or bodybuilding and not think like, are you okay? Yeah. And are I mean, right. maybe, maybe they are. Yeah. My experience personally, like I've never met a woman who strips their body fat to that level. Yeah. Like, or what? takes, you know, like I didn't ever take anything. Like they take like steroids, they take all all of this stuff that like alters them like I have literally seen women 
like go from being like stunning to like jaw squared up, like their shoulders like popping off. Yeah. You know, like their hairline receding. Like, let's not even probably get started talking about what happens to your clitoris, because like, you know. Oh my God. These male, you know. So <laughs> happens. Oh my God. Like, they get a mini penis. There you go. That's a sound bite. That is a sound bite right there. If I knew how to edit, that would be a soundbite, but I don't have a clue. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Cannot believe. So before we end then, can you tell our listeners what a certified cacao Easter is? So a cacao Easter. So it's a term coined by Rebecca Shaman. Mm. So Rebecca Shaman is, I trained with her in so you don't have to do a training specifically to hold a cacao ceremony. So I did a training online with somebody about two years ago, but I knew Rebecca was like always the one, like she was always the one that I wanted to have as like my, you know, like my, my teacher. Um, so a cacao Easter, like, so you've got barista coffee, yeah. cacao, cacao, like, so she, yeah. I, think she, I think she's trademarked that, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, so a cacao Easter is basically a holder of you know cacao ceremonies like a right. art medicine shamanic facilitator but like I said right. you don't need the certification but where I want to take my business and also like the way that I wanted to lean in and like learn and that I wasn't taught was for me personally so I know that I get you know like transfer of thought and things from spirit like I didn't even know that was like a thing I just know that sometimes I can pick up my pen and then I just write and I'm like oh my goodness like that wasn't me or I I'm not even necessarily thinking something and then something will just drop in. So like the whole Lotus and Lion, like what the business is now, which it's just in its first product, ceremonial grade cacao stage, like this is the 1%, like where the vision is going and what the vision is, is so massive that I didn't even speak about it for six months. I didn't even speak about it until I went on Rebecca's training in September because I knew that, you know, like once I started speaking it out to people, then like people would start asking me, oh, like, what's going on with Lotus and that? Like, what? And it's like, I can't bear to be that person. That's like nothing, absolutely nothing's going on because I'm not taking the action. And I was actually sat in my garden like last March, kind of still integrating the mushroom journey from like January, because that's the other thing with plant medicines that people don't talk about enough is it's not it's not in the action of the drinking the cacao or taking the mushrooms and all of that, like brilliant. Yeah, you get your messages through or you'll have your experience, but trying to then bring that back and harness that into this kind of like 3D is tough. It is tough. So I was like being supported by cacao on the other side of the mushroom journey, sat in my garden in March. And I mean, out of nowhere, I wasn't thinking about anything, business, nothing, the whole lotus and lion which funnily enough I've got a lotus lion third eye tattoo on my thigh which I had done about five six years ago which is the story of my life but I always knew it was going to be something bigger but I never knew how or what and I didn't really think about it and then I was literally just sat there and it went it god source universe like just the whole thing just fell in this is Lotus and Lion, this is what it's going to be, this is how you're going to do it, and it's going to take you, like, basically, when I'm 50, is when I will really start to reap, like, the fruits of the labour, and, you know, I I think how we are in society, like, we want everything yesterday, well, I definitely do, and I'm like that, 
what 12 and a half years are you actually joking but what what's funny is in human design I'm a manifesting generator and I'm a 6-2 profile so the sixth line is like the role model profile but the sixth line is broken down like into three stages of life so like the first 30 years they say of your life is you experience it almost like a third line in human design so it's all about like you know experimenting like that experiential like trial and error you know feedback instead of failure like all of that so that was like the first 30 years and then 30 to 50 is all about like more you know like that introspection like taking all of those things from the first 30 years and really starting to like just pull yourself away and take what is kind of like needed do you know what I mean and almost like a molding of and a refining of and then like from 50 you know like onwards is more like that's when you then really step into your role model energy because you've trialed and errored you've kind of right birthed what it is you know like you're here to birth or like stepped into that energy then of like role model so I yeah, wonder that's... if I'm a six two I know I'm something like I thought it was six three because I thought it was like half of what six is maybe I am but maybe I'm a six two because basically what when I've had my readings that that's what they say to me like did you have this you know, awakening at 30. And I'm like, yeah, literally woke up on my 30th birthday, like hungover AF, like makeup. I, my eyes were all swollen because like all of the eyelashes I had on because I'm actually allergic to the glue, but I would do it anyway. And like, you know, when you're just like, and eh, this is not, I mean, I was in a log cabin with like all my sisters and their boyfriends and my boyfriend. So it was a ball, but you know, when you're just like, this is not a vibe. Yeah. And that everything kind of cog started turning and changing for me. And my 30th year on this earth was like I would say my like whatever you know when people say like this I'm returnal like I don't know if mine was but you know what I mean like like you just said where it was like I'd gone through a portal where like that stage of my life was just done yeah, yeah. maybe I'm a sixteen. maybe so I've loved this conversation so much and we could literally talk for hours I mean this is basically what our voice notes are like aren't they anyway we're literally just like <laughs> 15 minute voice note each back and forth for the for about six hours as end. <laughs> we do run businesses and all this at the same time that is that's I one know. of the parts about entrepreneurship that like you can actually just like voice note you make for 15 minutes if you want as well like <laughs> exactly but what I like to end our guest episodes on as sisterhood is the heart of everything that we do at my social sister I like to ask what your opinion your view and what sisterhood means to you yeah I think I said to you so the, the spiritual success society that we're in which me and you met in is like to me like that feels like the epitome of sisterhood like the group that we've got going on like it's just so beautiful and it's like women from you know like all different walks of life different backgrounds like different ages different dreams and like even like different goals yeah just like shoulder to shoulder just supporting each other like just walking the journey alongside each other it doesn't matter if like somebody hasn't yet started their business or somebody's like got three business it just doesn't matter like we're all just there like shoulder to shoulder like wanting to see each other win like no competition there's no jealousy it's just all like just celebrating like Mm. celebrating everything like together and alongside each other and to me I feel like that's just what the world needs more of like when women gather And I see this as well, like at the cacao ceremonies and events that I run and the retreats, like when women gather, 
like just something powerful happens. Like I've had women literally come on retreat and go, oh my goodness, like I've only been here two hours and I'm already like telling her stuff that I haven't told my best mate of like 20 years. Yeah. Space where you know that you're in that space with women who are like equally committed to their path and their journey, regardless of how that looks or how it's going to unfold. Mm -hmm. It creates like a sense of like, you know, you can just, you can just let a breath out. Like it creates that safety, yeah. like that space, doesn't it? Of safety of like, okay, like we're all yeah. in it together. And it like, goes. and I think as well, like one point to say is like for anyone who's listening to this, like never underestimate what like one call or one, com like your life can change off one conversation. Your life can change off like one coaching session, you know, online. So imagine what can happen when you go into like a two, three hour like event with all women around you that are all like there for the same thing you know whether you know what you're even there for it's like you united or like a retreat like you said what like 48 hours 72 hours like that's like two years worth of coaching programs in two days like I want people to really understand that like yeah it's not linear and yeah like you can't just be like oh you know I'm going to come out a new person on the other side it's about all taken back all of those layers and all that unconditioned you know like that conditioning and what society all their masks that we've put on but I do honestly think that like you can change from like listening to one podcast like this is now what like just over an hour and I think like it will be the penny you know like the little nugget the little thing that somebody needed to hear to then go and change their life and yeah they might not think like oh this podcast changed my life because then they've got to go and you know like take the aligned action and things but for anyone who's listening to this like do not underestimate what you know listening to podcasts going to circles like if you don't have you know like the funds and things to invest in coaching like going to circles going signing up for you know like programs and things which are a lot more affordable and I just think like like and I'm sure you you know like agree like never underestimate what can happen in just one cup of cacao even the thoughts that you will have like look you had your own business idea drop in yeah it's it is so true and I'm, I just want to like say this finally like even just like one powerful question like with a coach or actually even just one powerful question being asked or being heard or listened to like in this podcast so a coach said to me a few years ago about three years ago I was there with all the stories and I think this is what I want people to understand like you can be a single mum you can come from you know horrific childhood trauma like you can come through like narcissistic abusive men you know like all of these things you can have all of this happen to you and you can still reach for your dreams do you know what I mean like all you have to do is flip the script and flip the narrative and actually probably up until I was like 30 31 and I mean, I've had a lot of counseling, a lot of coaching, a lot of psychotherapy, been on a lot of retreats, you know, done plant medicines, all of the things, you know, so I have kind of got that behind me. But if you can flip the script and change the stories in your mind, like, and one coach said to me, sorry, I'm like rambling now. He said, I was talking about money and I was like, oh, you know playing out the old I'm a single mum I can only work so many hours I haven't got any support all of that and he's like but you want to be a millionaire and I was like yeah but I mean I'll never be able to get that I mean how could I possibly get I can only work with all of the stories and he just said I'm going to ask you something now Natasha and I went okay 
I love it. I love a calling out moment. Like I love it when a coach calls you out on your bullshit and throws like, you know, a bit of a light on that blind spot. He said, are there, are you telling me that there's no single mums in the world that are millionaires or run multi six figure businesses? He's like, are you telling me that you would be like the trailblazer, like the only one to have ever done it? Or is there already evidence that it can be done? Because there's women out there who are single mums with one, two, three, four, five kids who are running the businesses and having the financial success that you want. He's like, or are you telling me there isn't? And I just remember being like, because when, <laughs> when I used to get triggered, I used to just want to knock people out, to be honest, because yeah. you're like, oh my God, like, who do you think you're talking to? But actually, like, that's when you have to turn it inward and go, there can't be a trigger where there's no truth. That's yeah. one of the quotes. Like, you can't be triggered where there's no truth. Like, it's not possible. Like, if somebody said to me, oh, you're a shit mum to an A, I'd just be like, whatever. Like, it'd be water off a duck's back because I know that I'm doing my best. Like, and I feel like I'm a good mum. I'm doing my best and that's absolutely fine. So, like, what you say is irrelevant. It doesn't touch me in any way. But when he said that, like, it hit me so yeah <laughs> it'd be so hard I had to breathe not swear at him and I was just like oh my goodness but you can take that and use it as like a oh well like it's all right for them but I took that as like almost like it's on mm. Do you know what I mean? it is on like that has just inspired me so much and actually rather than stay in the circles that I'm in I'm actually going to now go forth and seek out those women do you know what I mean? Like seek out those other mums, seek out those other women that are doing better than me and put myself in those spaces. Do you know what I mean? So just that one question, are yeah. you telling me there are not millionaire mums out there with what you want? Mm. You are already wow. proved that it can be done. And I was like. Asking big questions. We get big answers, don't we? <laughs> like, and people, you know, I have some clients who are on a, a the start of their journeys on a group coaching program and you I've never really gone back to like I haven't done a new a new group for so long and even like where they're like oh they really like journaling and this and it's like no we have to answer these big you know these big questions to get like some big answers out of you and it's like wow I see myself in them so much like I'd be like oh you know I'm more of like a listener and you know we just tell ourselves all of these things so we of like why we can't do what we need to do and why like I honestly think the things that I used to resist the most there where I had the biggest breakthrough through as well why the resistance and that's the question isn't it oh well I don't want to do it and we both, I think, witnessed each other do it in the spiritual success. Yeah. You'll <laughs> <laughs> be like, set a task or something. I'm just like, just, there's just something in me that just doesn't want to do it. But why is it like lean into like, what is the resistance? Because you mm. know that you're going to have to do better or do differently or, you know, I don't want to say like step outside of your comfort zone, but expand what you yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or yeah. you can stay, stay where you are. Like, it's all a exactly well I've loved this episode so much and I I'm sure our listeners are going to feel so inspired so where can they find you to reach out to you um so on insta I am Natasha Louise same on tiktok and yeah I think they're my two platforms they're my two platforms or my website Natasha Natasha-Louise.com or lotusandlion.co.uk that's the ceremonial grade cacao brand mm. but with much much more coming brilliant well thank you so so much it's been so an honor to have you on and hear your story 
And yeah, I um, I very rarely listen to episodes back, but I really do feel like I will listen to this one because it's so inspiring to hear your story and everything that you're doing like in the industry now. And yeah, anyone who's listening, if you want to reach out to Natasha, she's absolutely lovely, as I'm sure you know, as you've been listening to this episode. And yeah, please do leave us a review. Let us know or tag us when you're listening to it. And yeah, we'll see you next week. Well, I'll see you next week with a solo episode. <laughs> bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Ben, Danny, Danny, see, I, Ben, Danny, Danny, see, I,